0: D. Joining me as always, Mr. Vince T. Yo, what's up, everybody? And the tw- doctor himself, Dr. Twisted. What a do? And we have a special guest today, back for his fifth time. Ooh. The, reigning <laughs> the reigning champ.
1: The reigning champ. The reigning, reigning champion. Champ. <laughs> that is a new one for the par bar.
0: <laughs> Uncle Mario Sackman Borja. I love Mario. Yeah,
2: right. Coming back home for her. The rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been, yeah, he's been
0: traveling again. He's been ready, ready for the last time you guys heard him on. Probably talking about the 500 cells. That's now being, uh, it's in progress. Correct, yep, It is. So it's- he's back. Uh, last time you were on, you were briefly on at CCF. That's right. You had a little bit, of, a little conversation there. Um, kind of like a good catch up. But now we have a whole segment time. We have a whole segment so we can kind of discuss what's been going on. You
2: just got back. How long were you gone? Three months? I've been gone five months, actually. Five months? Wow. Yeah. Wow. How do you do five that? Five months. You know, you just get busy out there. You get up in the morning, it rains. You got to dry off, and then... Well, who mows your lawn when you're gone? I hate mowing lawns. <laughs> Believe me, I can hire someone to mow the lawn, but I yeah. don't do it. Oh, it's just yeah. So, that's awesome. But...
0: Uh, once again you're on Auto Block Radio Post of the Pacific where, where paradise, paradise lives. lives. And uh <laughs> man so we're just bringing Uncle Mario back here. If you don't know, he's one of the are you are you considered by uh the GDB one of the masters for
2: uh sailing or No, uh, if anyone considers me a master, he will be the our community here in San Diego. Okay, but they
0: do have those masters, right? Because they have masters of blacksmithing, masters of language, masters of
2: yeah. They have their own system of um, selection out there, and I those guys are, are doing ex- extraordinary work. To uh, when they are assigned as masters, yeah, they really uh, push out and um, share their their knowledge and their wisdom and their talents with the uh, with the community. Mm. I'm very impressed.
0: Is it have it?
2: Um, for masters
0: do you know if um do you know if they can only reside if they have to reside on the uh in the Marianas or can they negative, be outside of that
2: negative negative uh just recently Heidi uh Heidi up north uh one of the dancers uh they call her Fafanagui yeah uh she was uh, awarded that that uh, distinguished title of the master wasn't she
0: yes but but yeah Well, that's not a master though That's just a Fafanagui Which is the What's the difference?
2: It Um, it is It is uh, One of the masters of dance Oh, okay
0: I thought there was like a Masters Which is like the next The top of the tier And then they have uh, They have the students under there Which is like your underlings
2: Oh, I I never heard of um, A sub-level Under masters Never heard of it Because I think there's two
0: right now For for masters of dance Which is uh, Auntie Eileen Menno Mm -hmm. And Uncle Frank Rabone. And under them is uh, their branch of, their tribal council for dance. I would assume that that's the same across the board, but I'm not
2: 100% positive. I thought they were, they were elevated to the same level. Because they do uh, an excellent job. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Even Alyssa, excellent. You, excellent, and they should be all on the same level. Because you guys are, are in the level of fashion, you guys are pushing the arts and the culture. Right, right. The yeah, language. I,
0: I, I agree with though. I, I think there's just another level of responsibility when you're a master, because
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's a pretty big title. It's like a like a black belt versus like that purple belt, you know. If that title What's comes with to responsibilities yeah. too. So. What's yeah. the qualification yeah.
1: for master? No clue. No. Do you just it's when you get there, or is it like?
0: I would assume so, that it has. You have to be graduate from something substantially uh, well versed in like language, history. Sure. Um... You have to be willing to do research outside of the... Is it a voting process? <laughs> yes. It is?
1: A voting process? Do you, you have to get voted in? Yeah. By,
2: and by yeah, the
0: government too, right?
2: Yeah. Well, in Guam, it, it has their own um, set of um, requirements and criteria to, for you to meet. Mm-hmm. And not often do we uh, select anybody outside the boundaries of Guam. Because it's a Guam... Right. One function, you
0: know?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would
0: imagine that you're there because...
2: Yeah. The Aspra community should have their own, you know? Yeah. I, I think that we could mirror the uh, the process and um, have our own selection process here mm-hmm. because there are more Chamorros abroad, I mean, here in the United States right. and Hawaii combined than there are in the islands combined in Guam. Okay. So, if if that is a voting block, Mm-hmm. Man, we have a strong blo- voting block, right? Right, and we should make a difference. I feel that just the isolation that we we uh, we are away from our community in in Guam, um, that our passion is um, a little bit more enthusiastic
0: right. here. Right, I agree with that.
2: Uh, I always see that our our culture and our language. Are in a very volatile community mm-hmm. because you know what the kids here, Kepa uh, Napu, for example, they have to uh, assimilate into the school system, into the, the American way of life, and if they do that and they have complete assimilation, uh, they'll they'll end up with non-Chamorro culture and language, right. right? And so what you're doing here, you're putting a, a, a uh, some breaks on that, and giving them the opportunity to learn yeah. who they are, their identity. So, since it's very volatile, it's easy for us to lose all that. Right. But with uh, with efforts like you and Alyssa are, and you guys are actually contributing a lot to the drumming and to the songs and all that. You um, you are helping the kids um, um retain a lot of that,
0: and it's important. Well, you you as well, and um, but don't. So I know, like as we, we we've grown up and, and we were in an era where I grew up in an era where being a, assimilating was the high commodity. That's what you really mm-hmm. wanted your kids to do. Um, we've kind of, like you said, put the brakes on it. Um, on Guam, they've kind of put the brakes on it. It's a little bit more received as far as like they want kids to know the history of themselves. Sure. But why do you think it's so important to know the history of oneself?
2: Well. Um, if you draw a straight line from point A to point B, and you start from point A, you know where you started, point A. Right. And you're heading to point B, but sometimes the kids, they're somewhere on that line. They don't know where it started. So uh, you have to look back and look at point A. Where did you start? And we have to help them because they they have a. St- somewhere in the middle of the line they are simulated into this western culture and they're not going to see point A we we have to literally point to part, towards point A and show them and by their dancing their their language their um, just being with other kids who are also trying to find their point A they can all work together to um to find their identity. Do you think that, because um, we've, we've had this
0: conversation a couple of times, we yeah. twisted yeah. off, off of air, um, do you think that benefits them as individuals? Do you think like it brings something to them? Because there's, there's people out there who do say like, well, what's the point of learning that history if you're not really part of that history? You weren't there. You didn't go through it. You know, you're here now. So you assimilate and you just become American.
2: No, you're going to regret. Uh, you know, I'm already in my 70s and um, I look back and I'm, I'm wishing that they, I had a lot more opportunity uh, to share my culture and language uh, with, with children. Because, you know, children are the carriers of the DNA of our identity. Mm-hmm. If uh, we don't give them that, uh, that, that opportunity, um, as our parents have given us, then we're depriving them of, of something that uh, connects them back to their, their roots. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that my parents gave me the opportunity to learn the language by speaking it at the house and uh, learning English as well. But if we don't... And we took it for granted. Right. You know, we took it for granted. Uh, we did a lot of things on the island that are part of our culture. And we didn't put any second thought on it. But here, we have to give it second thought because it's something that we have to work work on.
0: We have to work hard, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I say our language and culture are very volatile because it can be overwhelmed by the cultures of the current environment. Mm-hmm. If, if everyone is speaking English and uh, so be it, that's a, a good language to learn and the kids, Kepa Napu, for example, start learning English, and they don't have any idea what tautau tao means, uh, it, it would take away from their identity because they'll say, you ask them, who are you and what are you? And they'll say, there will be hesitation right there. But if they already know that the language of old, like um, as we have learned when we were kids, then it will be, without hesitation, that they'll say, I am Chamorro if that is what they are. And they I am to, Filipino if I, yeah. that's what they are. And then are. just
0: have the history, the, be, the supporting system to be like, know your history, know who you are and and have like some confidence behind it. Definitely. Versus, versus just wearing like a, a fuck shirt and not exactly. Right. Not knowing what that means behind no. wearing was, a shirt
2: like that and, and eating spam and and, and fina Deni, it doesn't make you tomorrow. I was just talking <laughs> I like about. A lot of people looked
1: at me when I said eating spam. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: doesn't Thanks
1: make it tomorrow, tomorrow man.
3: <laughs> no, you know I was talking to Fabian, uh, Shabby's brother, last night after yeah. the show, and we were on the same conversation, and it's the reason that he got back into music it was because, um, you know, yeah, he said anybody could come up here and play reggae. He goes, mm-hmm. but it's it's that roots music, the cultural music that our dad taught us that we grew up with that we have to keep alive. Yeah. He goes, you know. That's why we get up here, we do the reggae stuff, but we always go back in time. Yeah. And bring up the stuff that my uncle are familiar with and hope that the youth grab onto that. Yeah. You know, and carry that after us.
0: Funny story. Um so at work we've been going through this. A crazy situation, you know. It's an audit, so you know how audits go. I've uh, so I had the person that was auditing my uh, department happen to talk to him, and he's a, a black gentleman and uh, he really well spoken. But I, you know, I was like, man, his English is, you know, it's really good, but it's almost too perfect. Like so I said, from here? so yeah. So I said, uh, I was like, man, where are you from? He goes, oh, Virginia. I was like, no, where are you really from? And he's like, oh, I'm from Nigeria. Uh, I was like, he goes, how'd you know? I was, like, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I could just hear like, you know, your English is really proper. Uh, proper. Yeah, Like it's way pro- more proper than, you know, normal, um, even Americans. And so we were talking and I said, do you speak you know, Nigerian? I, I can't remember what the language is called there. He goes, you know, I've been here so long. I can, that's I right. can understand it, but I can't speak it. Oh, awesome. And so I, we had a good conversation about language. And I remember what you have taught me. About like uh, you know, languages, culture, culture, language. Yep, yep. And man, I could see it in his like his face that when we were talking about language, like it almost like like hit him. It pained him that. Yeah, it. that that he's forgotten how to speak it. Yeah. So he went to boarding school and all that good stuff, but it was it was one of those moments I was like, man, I was like, that's funny because we're I was like me personally, I'm fighting so hard to learn my own language, and you're and you've kind of like fought so hard to learn your English where I'm, I I want to know how to speak tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like when I hear a bunch of people around me speaking the language that I, my people speak and I can't speak it by now, I can understand it, they you know I'm happy, but I would hope that in the future my, my kids can speak it a lot better than I can. And, you know, I mean, that's how we get there. You know, it's just it's those, those baby steps and it's just sometimes it's like, you know, it's not going to be instant gratification. It's going to be uh,
2: a work in progress. Yeah. You know, we're taking the canoe as a as a platform to learn our language, mm-hmm. much of the stuff that um, relates to canoes uh, have not been used because if the Sacman is absent from our from our community, yeah, It absent from our landscape in, and the seascape, then you don't use words that are that are associated with canoes. Right. You, know? you use uh, other things that uh, are more abundant in, in our community. Well, with the canoe, the sacman, especially being out since 1742, it hasn't been seen in over 270 years. A lot of the words die out because right. of non-usage. There's no need to use the word falina because it's uh, it's unique to the to the sacman and yeah. not unique to the galidi. That's a
0: nice word. What,
2: what does that mean? Falina means the mast or the canoe. So, That word and other words that we are resurrecting are not just being resurrected for the sake of um, having them in a book. We're we're resurrecting them because we need to use them. It's the use use of that language. So the language has to be useful. You know, it cannot be just part of a dictionary entry. It cannot. Then if it is, how many... I, you know, I open up a dictionary and I look all these at all these words, and I've never used some of these words yeah. because there was no need. But uh, if if we have an application for it, it becomes part of our our verbiage, our right. everyday verbiage. You know? And that that's what we learn it. And that
0: doesn't just uh, isn't particular to just uh, the sacrament per se. What you're saying is for all things, for all for, things, for for the. Um, surahanu or surahanas, what they practice within their practitioners right. You know what I mean, like.
3: Um, even look at it for dance. Look at the words that describe the dances. If there wasn't no dance, mm. those words wouldn't be used. Well, even
0: it. It, well d- within dance, that's where you can actually utilize all those words. You can start becoming making yeah. uh, dances based off of, like the Sackman sack man, right. or uh, the surahanu, um using it in the garden mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even
2: yeah, but the but fishermen. I'm, but
3: what I'm saying is like without I mean, you, without something like dance. The words that you use For the dance And stuff like that Doesn't mean
2: anything Yeah Exactly There's no application There's nothing to use
3: them for There's nothing to associate Those words with Just like with the sacman You say with the sirhanas All that stuff If it was completely absent Those words would pretty much Be obsolete
2: And it's much You know I I was over in Saipan And uh, those folks up there With 500 cells For example They're using The very vocabulary That We have We have resurrected Mm -hmm. And I found I found it to be rewarding that whatever we did, you know, years ago, to resurrect that language, is now I can say alive and well because you know, it's being used, and there are a lot of people joining the um, the uh, renaissance of canoe building and uh, sailing, and those words you can see are going to just live for another generation, yeah, and you know, and maybe beautiful, more. The
3: biggest thing about those words. Is that none of them are borrowed words? They're all true tomorrow words.
2: That's
0: true. Yeah, they're
3: all true tomorrow words.
0: Man, once again, That's right. uh, we have Uncle Mario Sackman, Yeah Borja here in San Diego, California, on the Par Bar. Once again, you're on Island Block Radio, Post to the Pacific, where paradise, paradise lives. lives. <laughs> this next segment is brought to you by House of Blues Tribal Theory concert coming up this Friday,
3: uh, October 11th, where your boys here at the Par Bar are going to be up there, emceeing, hosting the show. Yep. Tickets are still available. You have to visit the uh, Tribal Theory's Instagram. House of Blues. House of, House of, of Blues. Ticketmaster I, Ticketmaster, I believe. Live Master Nation,
1: Kingdom. I think, also.
3: So uh, come on down. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good show put on for those boys before they get out off on stage. <laughs> Rich D's got some stuff in his pocket.
2: Yeah. Ridge when D's is that again? has got some stuff in his back pocket.
3: Tribal that's Theory. That's B- tribal Theory.
2: When? When is that coming up? This Friday? This Friday. Ooh, I'll be yeah. gone. And also going to have uh, Thrive... Drive, Drive and uh-huh. CRSB just added on also
1: and don't forget our boy DJ Act right. Yeah. Mm. Where are we having
2: this? House of Blues, House of Blues. downtown, downtown. San Diego. Like? Downtown 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 San Come the mm-hmm. down, they got some good Jameson out there. But yeah, she got a corn apple down there. They, I hope so. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> so we are here with Uncle Mario Borja, <laughs> not the we'll sack man, um,
0: the undisputed champion. Of the
2: world, <laughs> yeah.
0: Number five coming <laughs> up. Damn, <laughs> we've been talking about uh, education, language a little bit. Um, we talked about a little bit that over um, off the air too. We let's briefly just cap this up. One, this uh finish this one up. School system out there in, in Guam, but you were kind of out there and you kind of had like some educational uh, outreach. Outreach. Yep. Um, how did that
2: all go out? How, how was that received? Well, you know, what? the timing is really important. Uh, you've got to be out there when um, the kids are in right after a semester and starting another semester so you can jump in and be part of their curriculum. Uh, it's hard to do it at the last month because they're trying to uh, uh, graduate, some of them, and trying to finish up some of the work that's uh, still outstanding for for their courses. So it's difficult. But we tried to um, get into the schedule, some of the schools, um, and we were met with those, you know, little problems. But our effort is to um, get into the schools and share with them the canoe story. But you know what? We're, we're stepping up another chapter on that canoe story. We're trying to share with um, our schools that we have discovered something really important on the canoe.
0: Yeah, you were saying that a little bit before we started this show today. Uh, yeah. Like, so, I'm going to ask some questions, but go ahead and, and
2: kind of dip into that. You know, I let me preface this, that um, since our ancestors did not record anything in writing, and they did record things orally, I mean, by song and, and chants and stories... they did leave their marks on the artifacts that they left behind. And in that artifact, be it a canoe or be it um, a latte stone, you're gonna find their footprint. You're gonna find their handprint. You're gonna find the the documents that they left behind. All you have to do is figure out how to read it. And that happened with our sackman. When the, the sackman uh, that our ancestors built, was intercepted by the British, the British tore it apart and um, made a, a drawing. And in that drawing, they showed a lot of um, angles and and connections of one piece of lumber to the other. Uh, it all showed that every every angle, every piece of lumber had a purpose to provide rigidity to the whole structure and framework of the canoe. But little did we know that there was another Purpose of a special angle that we that was literally beneath our feet, and um, our ancestors built it in with the intention that one day we will find the use of that of that triangle. I mean, it's it's there, so you have to find it. When we were out there, one gentleman said to me. He said, um, "An elder seafarer." He said, "Mario." Take her out and sell her. She will talk to you. She will let you know what she will do and what she won't do. What she can do and she can't do. And that's what we did. We took her out, pushed her to the limits. And when we did, we were emboldened to di- indeed sell into the wind. And you know, when you get um, a little hyped up, I don't know whether it's the stuff we were smoking or the stuff we were drinking. I don't know what it is. But maybe it was just pure adrenaline, you know, pure yeah of heart, to, um, to push the canoe to their limits, to see what she can do, and we did that, and uh, we were always advised, do not sail into the wind, because it could be dangerous, but when you're already hyped up, and that adrenaline is flowing in your blood, man, you you want to flow, in, I mean, sail into the wind, and we did, and when we did, we discovered that we discovered that angle, We discovered that triangle. In fact, the big triangle, the biggest triangle on the canoe is the sail, it's dominant. And uh, we were working the sail, and as we came closer into the wind, we realized that the framework, the framework of the canoe itself provided us information on how we can sail much better closer to the wind and the the triangle laid beneath our feet see the the canoe the sackman canoe is structured like a triangle on the sail as well as the um, the framework of the of the body itself but little did we know that the body itself was going to serve another purpose but when we were sailing close to the wind that framework was pointing into the wind when we were sailing as close as we can to the edge or limit of the wind wow that is that's remarkable because we can so so what
0: you're saying is as you're going towards that peak of of like your limits of what you said of uh, of the wind Uh you start seeing the shape of the
2: the uh, the sac men Uh begin to start making a triangle the the triangle that's beneath our feet was actually part of the system pointing us into the closest angle we can sail into the wind. Wow, that's so crazy. So it's, it's, it's built right in. I mean, it's not something that you have to guess anymore. You uh, pull yourself in as close as 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 close as you can and sail into the wind. Just keep an eye on that triangle. That that's triangle. that's part I of that you're structure. Saying. And you're, you're gonna be sailing close to the wind. There's no guessing. And you know what, even at night, when the wind is blowing and then it's dark and you can't see your way, but you're out in open water, you can just feel that triangle beneath your feet and you can feel that sail, uh, you know, on, on, the, on the lee side. You can feel that sail and you can, I mean, a blind man can actually do that because you feel by your, with your feet and you feel with the sail with your hand and you can sail close to the wind. So she was talking to you. Yeah, yeah, it's talking to you and it's built right in. Uh, you know, I always liken it to uh, to uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Huh? When he uh, painted the uh, Mona Lisa, he painted something in there that we all kind of identify now. Ah, there it is, her smile, right? Well, our ancestors built the canoe and they put that smile in, that triangle. We just have to be out there. To uh, discover that tri- the smile, and we use that triangle to as a tool to be better, better sailors. So up to that, that point,
0: uh, when you were when you used to see that triangle right there in the middle, was it just like, man,
2: what's that for? Why is it there? Well, when you're building the canoe and you're putting the canoe together, all these things that that you're lashing are part of the system of rigidity and stability. You know, they just—it's part of making the canoe firm and and, and robust, right? Well, there's another purpose of, of all those lashings. It's it's to provide maybe a little give, but we didn't even realize that that triangle was there for another purpose. We thought it was just to to hold one part to the other, but it's there for for another purpose. And I'm trying to share that with with uh, our seafarers. And our seafarers, um, you know, th- th- in time, they'll, they'll realize the, the importance of that triangle. But you have to be out there. Right. You can't but- be on land uh, and realize the, the, you, the purpose of that. You have to be out there. And then you'll see. You'll see it come to life. Yeah. In that moment. And just recently, we were out. Um, I was in Saipan uh, sailing um, with the 500 sail crew. And we were sailing into the wind. And I wanted to see if that small canoe was built with that triangle serving as a pointer into the wind. And um, we weren't quite sailing at the edge of the wind, but I have a, uh, this sense that if we did, that, that piece of triangle will be uh, pointing into the wind. Mm. So the design of the canoe As uh, presented by George Anson back in 1742 is key. If you follow it, it would work for you. If you don't, well, it won't. (laughs) (laughs) I thought
1: there was something deeper about that.
0: (laughs) So how did, so how did you guys figure that out? Like what, what was the, what was the point where you're like, oh my God, I see it. Well,
2: did I say we were smoking out there? No. <laughs> we weren't drinking, we weren't smoking, really we weren't. We were just uh, hyped up by the experience, you know? You know, this is what we found. At 10 knots, the bow of the canoe started to come out of the water, it started to hydroplane. Uh, you know what? We figured that out using an equation, but feeling the the effect right. is, outweighs the, 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 the equation. Right. So you you feel it at 10 knots that canoe started to jump out of the water the hull and then at 50 knots the the outrigger started to to tap dance like a cha-cha you know some 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 rhythm da 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 just constant rhythm and then at 70 knots that tune changed from cha-cha to some kind of swing because it was that outrigger swinging up in the air and down and it was so great, you know, gracefully uh, dancing to maybe the the swing, and uh, I tell you what, everyone, everyone was 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 captured by that by the experience when they uh when they saw the the outriggers uh, flying. One guy said, "Hey, Kumariyong, Kumariyong, now I know what our ancestors must have felt when they too were out here sailing their canoe." And that's true because you don't you don't experience that unless you're out there. Right. You gotta be out there. So I wonder how yeah. many uh, how many
3: failures they had before they discovered that.
1: But the but I, what I'm taking away here is that you gotta be in the game to gain the experience. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like you gotta be in there. For sure. It's yeah. not something you can you can just be on the sideline yeah. observing. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: I think if we did this it would work. You have to be, yeah, to be, have to be out there and try. So, yeah. so as
0: you're as you're teaching people, like, right now, so, is the, they're like a, like, all you guys now know as scholars, this is what it's for, this is what's the purpose of it. Is, is it now being across the board, being shared, like, across, across forums and in classrooms, or is it kind of still being, like, a thesis that you guys are all debating about still?
2: It's still a thesis, uh, and we're still outreaching to as many, um, Forums that we can we can uh, muster, so that we can share that uh, we we presented it at the uh, Mariana Sister Conference at the end of uh, September and the first week of October. Um, August and September, rather. I'm sorry. We uh we had an opportunity to share that the discovery with our people in the Marianas. And it was taken well by, uh, by sailors who uh, sailed conventional western canoes, I mean, uh, western sailboats. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, they always have a, a concern about finding their closest angle with respect to the wind. And um, when I was presenting it, uh, somebody asked me, well, 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 what is that angle? Ah, uh, thank you. Uh, sometimes you know you you present the uh, the uh, the methodology of, of, of acquiring that angle, but not the value of that angle. So when someone said, "Hey, uh, okay, so what's that angle?" Now, oh, you want a measure of that angle, and then we bring in the the math. Ooh, sometimes people get turned off with math, but in this case, you're gonna get turned on with math because that math. Uh, would actually help you um, find the numerical value of that angle.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Wonder what that's like. Like, just a, like uh, when the light bulb comes on, and you're in a room, and you're just kind of you're presenting something, your hypothesis, and all of a sudden, like you see it one's like ding, 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 ding. Just had this epiphany. Yeah, you know, when, <laughs> we were, yeah
2: when we, yeah, when we're in Guam, we um, we were presenting at the Guam uh, Marianas Island Fair. Guam Micronesian Island Fair, uh, and um, in Paseo de Susana, and uh, they were the people were gathered and they were listening to that story. And then when I said, uh, "Oh, you just get they use this trigonometric function to find the angle," and I let them do it on their iPhone, and I can tell when they see that angle, there's a uh, there's a pause. Of discovery, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look at that angle, and it's almost like that angle—not just being on the screen, but you could see it floating into their brain and becoming part of them. Now they can actually hold that number and and treat it as an entity, you know, not something that that's elusive. It's something that's real because you know what—they calculated it. And they look at me and there's that pause. Almost uh, two seconds, three seconds. And then they look they look at that number and they look at me. They look back at their their uh, their that, handset, their uh, phone, and they go, You did it, Uncle Mario. <laughs> and they go, 30 Yeah, and they go, 36 you the degrees. Code.
0: And they just look at 36 degrees. And that's when you give them the look of like the rock with your
2: eyebrow raised up. Yeah, and they go, yeah. 36 degrees like, but see, <laughs> Western Western sailboats degrees Western sailboats can muster 45 So if we can muster Closer to the wind That's an advantage to us So And the advantage is getting Getting to your destination much quicker That's the bottom line But getting that number Finally getting a number to that Elusive angle and that's beneath our feet all so the time. So, that,
0: what that speaks to is, in the history books, they always wrote that the Troll people, the Marianas, had some of the fastest canoes they've ever seen in the water.
2: Yes, and it, in literature as well. And they couldn't explain it. Yes. They... They couldn't explain it They couldn't put a numerical value to it Right, right Yeah And it, it's also in literature It says that it can it can sail closer, closer to the wind than other canoes But now, this closer is a comparative figure, you know It's not even a figure But you have a sense that it can do better But how? what's close? How close is close? Right I have a number for you Yeah 36 degrees, okay. baby. 36 degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You, you know, it's you can't see Uncle Mario's excitement on his face, but I can tell you it's exciting, and I'm excited that he can actually put that number. And I know I love math, and so uh, I know what numbers mean to uh, math petitions. Yeah. Um, once again, you're on Island Block Radio, Post of the Pacific, where <laughs> paradise lives. Ooh-hoo. Hey, this next segment is brought to you
1: by uh, Pop Bar uh, Concert Series uh, Fall 2019. Uh, we're still here. We're still doing concerts. Um, shout out to L. Smith for hosting our our summer events, uh, but we are currently booking our fall events for all the families out here in San Diego, and for anybody anybody tuning in, uh, we are booking them right now. Uh, stay tuned, and we will uh, post them.
0: We're also bringing those a little further south, back back home, a yes. L- little bit to little San bit, Diego. Um,
1: just, just from doing, uh, you know, reviews and everything like that. Yeah, uh, they're less DIY checkpoints yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. in the south.
1: Oh, <laughs> I see, I, see, that's that's where Mark just, just
3: what
1: just drive yeah, responsibly. Man. Yes, or drink,
0: yes. drink responsibly. Yeah, yeah that too.
1: And don't ask me why, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, fall concert series uh, coming soon. Um, you can check out our Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Fall All right,
0: me, in this last segment. We're talking a little bit more. We were here once again with Uncle Mario Borja, the the reigning champion of Parbar. Bar. Yeah, he is the reigning champion. <laughs> what kind of noise?
3: <laughs> what was that? That's a chihuahua. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: That's a what? <laughs> a chihuahua.
0: Yeah. Oh, chihuahua.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> we were talking a little bit earlier. We are talking about language and education. We jumped to the 500 cells, which is also um, a big a big deal this year
2: yeah yeah uh, is it happening this year 2020 it's happening now 2020 is another big year for for fresh pack. but um hey a lot of happening a lot of things happening in january okay uh october this year and january of next year and um with 500 sales beautiful and um we're gonna jump a little bit into that a little bit
0: Uh, Later, What I want to kind of talk about, and we kind of, we brought this up. Uh, Well, actually, you know what? Before we even get anywhere, you got a tattoo. Yeah. First one? Yep. First. Explain that. Yeah. Uncle Mario,
2: 70, you said? 70.
0: Got his first tattoo. 70 what? 70 years old.
2: 70 years old? Yeah.
0: Got his first tattoo. got my first tattoo. I need to start canoeing, sir.
2: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, you know, Philip Sablon, one of the master weavers on Guam, um, appreciated what we were trying to do to bring the many seafarers together for our Guam-Micronesian Island Fair. And uh, a lot of them were invited. In fact, all of them were invited, but not very many um, responded to the letter from GVB. So I reached out. I I didn't want to be by myself out there. I thought maybe the other groups would be there as well. So uh, I did my own uh, politicking and uh, got a hold of the other guys. And I invited them to join me out there. And they said, shoot, we'll, we'll be there with you. And they came down. And i tell you what, it's it's not often that, uh, you know, like pack, we got all the seafarers together. But we can't do this every four years, get the seafarers together together. Uh, on you know some kind of uh, of uh, cycle, we got to get them together all the time. So uh, I said, hey, uh, let's let's get together and um, show the community who we are as seafarers from the from the things we create and the things we do, and uh, let's talk about it to them. You know, share it with them. And they said, yeah. So they all came down, and and Phil Santos, I mean, uh, Philip, Sablan came down with uh, his canoe and Ulitao folks came down with their canoes and and uh, I came down with my my uh, model canoe and and uh, the students from the Pielok seafaring Academy came down with their uh, their work in progress and I tell you what the community enjoyed it uh, they enjoyed the uh, the uh, enthusiasm that these fo- uh, these young men are 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 sharing with, the, with each other and, and uh, about canoes they're building and the things that they're learning, the lashing and etc. And it was just a, a huge event for us that we were all gathered there and working together. And that's the key thing, working together and sharing together. So, Bill said, uh, hey, Mario, uh, in appreciation for, for what you've done in helping us um, uh, uh, come together. I'm going to bless you with a tattoo. Uh, the iconic seafaring tattoo. Okay. It took about 20, 30 minutes. Okay. I, I It hurt. Yeah. It hurt. But um, I managed. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, it looks good. Um, I'm proud of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's fitting. Can what, make it so dance. The, it's a
0: seafaring, <laughs> the
3: seafaring tattoo, what exactly is it?
2: It's... um. A set of um, six dolphins, okay, okay. Uh, all in the same direction, which uh, probably has a, a, a meaning behind that. That if we gather as a, um, you know how fish when they when they gather as a school, they um, it's a it's a form of protection, a defense. How so numbers? yeah, uh, more numbers, and um, here we are. We have tattoos to get, uh, all these. Uh, dolphins, um, uh, swimming in the same direction. And what direction are they swimming to? Oh, they're coming up. Yeah. They're coming up and they're actually, to me, I interpret that as they're coming up from the ground up. Where our roots are from the ground up and they're becoming part of who I am. So, uh, adding more to my, um, to my passion. And I'll tell you what, this, just the presence of these, uh these six dolphins have really uh, has really helped me um, uh, with my mamalo. Um, you know, I'm really mamalo. You know, but uh, what? I, I Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I'm. Uh, when? I, I, uh, <laughs> Not after a couple crown apples To tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's right. Crown apple, thank you. I hope you sponsor this uh park, Went from Barbalo yeah. to Balatsu. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it it. it I, I am a really um, a um, shy individual. Well, you know
0: what? I would say you're you're a, uh, a a person who picks his words and when to speak. I don't think uh, I don't think it's shy. Yeah, because I've seen you and you you. I mean, you've always been around and you've um, quiet, went, right? See, I'm yeah, right but, quiet. But, well, but you it, observe and you listen. Yeah, and a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. And then if you have something to say, you well that means someone pissed you off and yeah. someone's
2: about to hear it <laughs> so very hey, but well warn you, thought out i want to warn you it's an
3: addictive thing it is so tattoos. you're going you're going to end up with some more tattoos i know
2: i know i'm um, i'm already itching <laughs> for more up here. and philip thank you philip for doing all that philip uh, has promised that when he comes out here uh, in march mm-hmm. 2020 that he would uh, add more to the uh, to the school that you see here
1: Right Beautiful. Yeah. Now, now, question about the tattoo. Um, are
2: there more people that have that same one, or no? Um, or is it there, no for you? there, are just a few. Okay. Um, not, not too many people prefer these. Right. But the seafarers prefer them. Not all seafarers have them. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I know. I know a couple of dancers that have them, yeah, but I've it must seen, be dancers. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: I've seen okay. it
3: before. I just didn't know what it what it was and what a it is.
1: But is that something that where you have to? Carry it with experience i'm sure right
0: i think it well i think it it, ch- it changes depending on the translation okay um what uncle mario explained to me is exactly what i heard from the other two that i know that have it okay um but yeah i, I mean okay. i think it's how you translate all perception.
2: It. I-, I would like to see that uh some tattoos are earned right you right. know like the hook for example um a lot of people now just, hey, uh, they want something, they go to a tattoo artist and they just pick from a, a book of what's available and they say, $10, I'll take that, or $100, i will take that. But uh, as far as uh, certain things in our culture, you know, uh, we have to give it some respect. Right. Because then it has meaning. If everybody has um, that tattoo of a, of a let's say, a master uh sailor or a master um, fisherman then um, getting one identified or ordained as a, as a master fisherman doesn't become anything of of importance you know yeah. it dilutes it right. so yeah. uh, I think it should be reserved but uh, you know if you got the money you pay for it yeah well, in this Rich, day, Rich has I, got a you know, plan for a tattoo too. in this day and age it's, master, it's really hard it's tattoo. hard
0: to um, to preserve anything. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's really hard because social media. People things things they think they look, things look cool. It's trendy. Everything's yeah. trendy. Yeah, yeah. and um, like I said, the the two that got theirs is it's a family tattoo. So for within their family, that's what they kind of do mm-hmm. because that's the traditional dolphins, you know, or right. the fish, you know, um, tattoo for Tichamol people or Micronesia. Um, but for Micronesia, yeah.
1: Um, okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering, just in case I see. And there's there's say, ri- the, the one thing
0: about that is that it's really rare to find any kind of Micronesian tattoos that have history right. or um, things like that. Like pottery, I think right now is a is a big thing for Micronesians to get tattooed because pottery? that's the yeah pottery designs from yeah. from the museum. It's because it's the only things that we have really that are in written in. um anything Yeah, in anything.
3: Because historically,
0: besides say, besides well, besides the hieroglyphics, right? The hieroglyphics we yeah. have those, but in the pottery in the museum, there there there's the designs, yeah. which meant they had like artwork, right? right. You know, there was now to the significance. I don't know they know that, but they, you know, just below them, it's art. So,
3: I understand historically, they haven't found any evidence that the Tomorrow people had tattoos at all. Oh uh, well,
0: that. they know that they did something on their teeth.
3: Right. Yeah, the designs on the, on the teeth.
2: Like, yeah. Kind of like the designs on the pottery. Correct, Uncle Mario? Does that sound right or no? Yeah, you know what? I have not seen uh, anything in literature that points to uh, the Chamorros themselves having tattoos. Right. But if we consider Chamorros coming, emigrating from from other places Indonesia they wherever, yeah. they yeah. have tattoos Southeast, Southeast Asia perhaps right. we just didn't have at that time the resources to provide that kind of art True. right you know and um, they didn't carry that and perhaps they didn't have the materials and uh, they didn't want to risk it you know because they're it, it's a risky, you yeah. know, people die from it from, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, fact, yeah. Oh, So God. before we uh, end, end to the
0: show, I think we're we're almost Closing up, but uh, um, I, We want to touch briefly with you Because you were just recently back there On uh, Sovereignty, one And then also Some of the Protect, uh, Protehi Um So what did you view And what's your views on that? As far as, okay, let's start with uh, sovereignty. That's big, we, one of our first episodes was with sovereignty. We were talking about that independence in the past.
2: Yeah, th- when I was there, there was a lot of um, a push for self determination. Um, you know, there was a ruling uh, from the federal courts that our our push to have Chamorro only registered in the um, self determination. And registry. who was That was
0: against, uh, what's his name?
2: Dave Davis. Dave Davis. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, at times the government could be wrong, especially when it doesn't consider the uh, the needs of the indigenous peoples. And uh, we are, did you know that we are governed by California laws in, Gu- in Guam? And to me, that's, uh, that shouldn't be the case because we're, we're a whole different location. We have a different zip code, uh, just a different part of our latitude and longitude, and uh, demographics. Uh, you know, just the, the the cosmopolitan nature of our of our community, uh, yeah, and the unique culture and the language. We should have um, maybe those things considered when laws are being passed, and especially when it comes to self-governing. And uh, self-determination I believe in it I really believe in self-determination Because we were never given that opportunity You know, long before the Europeans came This is my take Okay, hold on Let me let me stop
0: you yeah. real quick Before you, you go on in that Because the last time we talked Yeah This is about two years ago Yeah Yeah We had had this conversation We all went home and did our homework hmm <laughs> Right? That. Yeah Yeah um, You were for the, the status quo
2: no, I was, no, I, at that time, I said, we have to learn, we have to do more homework. Okay. We cannot just, uh, just so because. Current,
0: that- at that time, then you were at status quo, but that wasn't necessarily meaning that you meant status quo, that until we can figure out more information on maybe what the future might hold, what self-determination or statehood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Right. Okay. A lot of people do not have all the information when it comes to uh, an option. Status quo versus independence versus free association or statehood or or status quo. Mm -hmm. Do nothing, right? A lot of people don't know the difference. In fact, one question that was raised up, they said on talk radio, they said, okay, if it's independence... How do we get there? And then what do we do after the fact? After we have been blessed and ordained as, okay, from here on in Guam, you are uh, free association. And then it's said, okay. You take a deep breath and you say, what now? Do we have do we have a plan? After that ordination of, of being uh, free association, do we have a plan? No, nah, I don't think we do. How about independence? Okay, from here on in, you're independent. Bam. I don't think we have the the, the, the uh, comfort and the awareness and the and uh, understanding of what to do next. So that's that's currently, you you think that? I think we don't have it right now. Okay. You know, so we all that. talk about it. We all talk about it. You ask the person in the street, ask them. We were to right now given that choice, and we are now boom in, independent. How do you sustain? What, well, right, what now? If you were the governor, okay. what would you do? Uh, 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 and then there's a lot of uh, uh.
3: yeah, I mean, honestly, think about economically. How are you gonna sustain Okay, well, yeah.
0: Let, well, from what I've seen, and this is probably gonna run into the um, after hours last call, um, but. From what I've seen, they have, uh, they do have information out there, right? They do have, so any, any, any place that goes independence, obviously they, they just don't cut off everything. They have to like, basically wean, wean, off, of wean off of your uh, colonizer mm-hmm. one, right? Let's say the base still is going to be there, right? So that means America now has to rent that area okay, versus uh, funded. Right. They also had things like, you know, they would start. So the Jones Act wouldn't be a part of that anymore. That, that cuts off a lot of like taxation, right? Yeah. Now you can start importing from Japan, China, right there as your central hub. Huh? Um, now, the problem is now your government. What I think is going to be your biggest issue is your government. You have new. Are you going to retain America's government style?
3: Up with your own constitution. Are you gonna come up with
0: law? your own? Like who's gonna determine that? That's gonna be the biggest issue because that's gonna be, really be the part that labors your community now at that point. And it isn't like everyone's like, Well, look at Palau, they're doing great. Palau doesn't have doesn't does not have the um the population like Guam does. Right. You know what I mean? And, like and- you have you have a bigger issue on your hands that I don't think they're really taking consideration, which is also you have people who are shipped there because of all the bombings that, right. that America has done now. Now, is America going to uh, be responsible for those people and ship them back? Ship nope. them to Hawaii? Ship them to California? Washington? just leave them. Or does Guam have to deal with it? Yeah. That's some things that they're not really addressing in those meetings they're having for independence Guahan. I am also for self-determination because I feel like that's important to indigenous cultures. You have to be able to determine your own, your own fate. Now, I, I would hope that you do it responsibly.
3: Yeah. And I think that's what you're yeah. getting at, too. Is that not having a plan, an end game plan, is not acting responsibly.
2: I think that if it came to a vote right now, that many who are clamoring for self-independence, independence, free association, statehood, or whatever, would be stuttering if the vote were to happen at midnight tonight and it goes to one o'clock, that's it, closed vote. I think that they'll be stuttering because the very questions that we asked earlier, what now, is gonna be the questions they'll be asking and they won't have an answer. And you know what, the very fact that they stutter and at one o'clock it closes, status quo would prevail status quo will prevail that's how i see it the
0: movement's been bigger for sure within the last 3 years 2 years that we've seen it uh, Sorry, start what, up what has been bigger the movement, the movement. okay yeah self determination
2: but that know. could be the that could be the answer that they want status quo status quo yeah then and that's, that's our self determination yeah, we and determined you, to be yeah so status quo
0: yeah and you can't be mad at that no you Definitely can't be not. upset if you're if you're independent fighter you're over there, and I get it. You know, Dr. Bavakwa, he has a legitimate case, and he's always there, and he's fighting for it. My thing is, if your people say status quo, we don't want to change, you have it's to also be,
2: to be okay accepting that. of that because yeah. yeah. that's the majority. That's the vote. Yeah. I, I yeah. know Mike, and I, I, I hope my, that Mike has everything in his uh, lined up, uh, Miguel, I'm talking to you If uh, If you're very serious About that I know you are I hope that You have everything Lined up So that when the vote Comes Your direction That you are Rock and roll ready To provide the answers And the means And the resources Because people Are going to be asking They're going to be scared They're going to be scared And they're going to say What now Miguel? What now yeah. And you better answer that And I don't think That we are ready For that we have to push ourselves in, into that situation, doomsday situation. We are now self-independent. Now what? And just put ourselves in that in that in that time frame and see if we can not stutter. The stutter is going to hold us back. Mm. Ooh, man. And I'm afraid of that. And I really am afraid because you know what? There are a lot of people right now who love the status quo on one side and they want self-dependence on the other side. And, and, and and who's pulling more? I think they're comfortable with the status quo. How many people want to give up their EBTs? How many people want to give up their social security? SS, you know, don't get SSI and go out. How many people wanna keep that? Huh? There are a lot of people who want to keep that. But yet they like the idea that they make a choice. And if that choice is self-in self-independence, so be it. But let's be, you know. Let's swallow that peel. Don't just put it in your mouth, man. Just swallow it. You can't
3: yeah. have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Basically.
2: Swallow it. Man, Let's with that being I'm... said, yeah, once, call. Call. once
3: again,
0: you're on Item Block Radio, coastal Pacific, where okay, paradise, paradise lives. lives. <clears throat> We wanted to thank uh, Uncle Mario Sackman here yep. for joining us. We're going to continue this conversation on uh, Last Call, so you can find that on SoundCloud yep. or iTunes with the Far Bar Show.
1: Yep. You can actually find that on uh, Tuesday at 11 a.m. Yeah.
0: Oh, Tuesday 11 a.m. Okay, right. so, um, man, we want to thank you, Uncle Mario. Once again, we're not done, so you yeah. can join You could join us on that uh, after call. But, hey, once again, Iron Block Radio, Yo. powered by Dan accelerators right Peace.